Learning is supposed to be for It's like Aaron Ben Miriam. Today we're learning Daf Nun Bezim and Alf. Now, this is a little bit challenging. Daf, start off that way, but uh, it's many, many laws of Tumman Tahar in today's Gemara. And what we're doing is we're analyzing all of the disputes that we learned yesterday quickly between the mission and the mission between Bishama and Basil in regards to the laws of Suda. So the first Machlokas we had was when you're making Kiddush, there's two brachas, and the bracha on the day, the Kiddush on about the day you speak about Shabbos. So which one comes first? So we spoke that Bishama's opinion is that you say Hagafen last. You say the bracha of Shabbos first and then Hagafen second. And uh, one of Bishama's far made a lot of sense. I mean, you first talk about the day, the reason you're making Kiddush, then you talk about the fact that you're drinking the wine. Um, and when the second survivor we mentioned yesterday in Bishamai was that the obligation to make Kiddush really set in as soon as Shabbos began, whereas the wine only came to the table later, so therefore you say the Rachan Kiddush uh, first. So now the Gemara asks, the Gemara challenges this premise. Is it true that the Bracha, the Yom, the Bracha of the Kiddush describing the day is, has, has priority to come first? Vatanya says in the Shabbos, someone who comes into his house on Motsoi Shabbos, so the order is first he breaks the bracha on the wine, then he has the bracha on the esh, then besamim, then abdal. That's the correct sequence for abdal. However, what does a person do is he has the following predicament is that he only has one cup of wine. If he only has one cup of wine, and if he's going to use it now for abdallah, then when he goes to, to eat malava malka, he's going to have a su'uda, then when he goes to bench at his su'uda, he's not going to have a kos. So he has a predicament here because if he uses the cup of wine for his chiv now, well then he's not going to be able to use uh, to have any wine for Berkas HaMazlan later at Malav Malka. So what does he do? So fascinatingly enough, he shouldn't make Abdullah now and he should eat, eat Malav Malka, even though usually you're not supposed to eat before Abdullah, but there's other places explaining in the Gemara that if you have a good Sarach Mitzvah, the reason why you're eating like is this, you're allowed to. So he eats Malav Malka, he doesn't make Abdullah, he eats Malav Malka. And then he places all of these things after the Berkas HaMazon. So it sounds like he eats, he says the Berkas HaMazon, and then he tacks on all of these extra things. He'll say on the Yayin, Amar, Bissamim, and then the Habda. So what's our question? That the order here that we said was that the first, after the Berkas HaMazon, he says Yayin, and then Ma'ar, Bissamim, and then Habdallah. So you see that the Yayin comes first, the Hagafen comes before the Habdallah. And the Gemara is comparing the Hagafen uh, and the Havdalah, just like making Kiddush in the Havdalah. Same way Bishama says that it's more important to make the bracha of the Kiddush first before the Hagafen. So to by Havdalah, you think it should be the same thing? You should say the Havdalah blessing and then the Gafen, because you have the same Svar. Hagafen's only coming because of the fact that you're making Havdalah. So how can how come we're saying that the Hagafen comes first? Now, very important point. How do you know that this Tosefta that's being quoted is going according to Bishama? Maybe it's going according to Bishillah. And Bishillah, remember, holds that we say Barapir Hagafen first. So maybe there's no question. Maybe Beishami and Achanami, when Beishami made Havdalah, he said the Brach of Havdalah, and then he said the Brach of Agafen at the end. How do you know that this price is Beishami, that you should have a challenge? So the Gemara says, It can't be Beishami. When I mentioned the order, it said you made the Brach on the candle, and then the Brach on the Svara. Who holds that Svara? That you say the candle and then the Besamim? That's Beishami. Where do we see that's Beishami's opinion? Zitanya, Amr, Rabbi Yehuda. Now the context for this price is that it's coming to disagree with what our Mishnah said. Our Mishnah, this is another one of the disputes we're going to analyze, said that the Machlok, there's a Machlok, between Bishama and Basil, um, everybody agrees that the candle comes before the Bishamim, but they had a disagreement if you're using the cup for Birkas HaMazun as well, where the Birkas HaMazun go. So the Birkas HaMazun be before the Bishamim or after the Bishamim. 
Okay, but everybody agreed that the age comes first. But Rabbi Yehuda comes back and he says, "No, lo nech l'kubei shavim tzol amazon shmatzil avdalah shim itself." Everybody agrees it's Hirkas amazon first, and avdalah should be last. Amad nech l'kubam arva alav b'samim. Says Rabbi Yehuda, the whole dispute is about which one is first, the candle or the b'samim. B'shamim arva akim b'samim. It's candle and then b'samim. B'sil amir b'samim akim ma'ar. It's the b'samim and then the ma'ar. So it comes out that if you follow Rabbi Yehuda's understanding of the machlokas b'shamim and b'sil that Basilel holds that the Basamim has to be before the candle. So we have a Tosefta here that says when you come in, you do the candle before the Basamim. That means that the, the person talking the Tosefta has to be has to be Beishamai. And even though it's Beishamai, and that's why he's saying you do the candle first before the Basamim, still the Hagofen was before the Brach of the Havdalah. So now our question comes back. We, we assume that the same, the same way Beishamai says that the Hagofen should follow Kiddush, the Hagofen should follow Havdalah, and yet, I see in a random Tosefta, when a person is coming in, he does the Berkas HaMazon, then the Ma'ar, then the Bissamim. I'm sorry, the, 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 I should say make uh, clear. The Berkas HaMazon, the Hagofen, the Ma'ar, the Bissamim, then the Abdullah. This Brisa can only be Beishamai because it has the Ma'ar before the Bissamim. That's only Beishamai's opinion. And yet, it still has the Hagofen before the Abdullah. So what's still going on? So the Gemara comes back, the Gemara persists. We might be Rabbi Yehuda. Who said that this Tosefta is going according to Beish, according to Rabbi Huda's understanding of the Machlokas Beisham Yisrael? Dilma Beisil Yaliba to Rabbi Meir. Maybe this Brisa holds of that the Machlokas is not between Beisham Yisrael is not about if it's candle versus Beisaman first, but it's about a different issue. Everybody go, holds that the candle is first. That's the way our mission had it yesterday. Everybody agrees that the candle is first. The Machlokas really is about something else. The Machlokas is whether Birkas Hamazon goes before the Bissamim or Birkas Hamazon goes after the Bissamim. That's the real dispute. So what in the world is, so maybe we could, we could counter that this Baraisa isn't going like Beishamai, it's going like Beishillel. The reason the candle is first is because according to Rabbi Meir, even Beishillel agrees that the candle is first. The whole Machlokas Bishamai Yisrael was just when the order is Birkas Hamazon before Bissamim or after the Bissamim. So the Mar makes a clear reason why it can't be. Because let's review what Rameir really said the Machlokas was. What did it say in our Mishnah? This is again, Rabbi Meir's presentation of the Machlokas. But in that Tosefta, what did it say? If a person only had the one cup, I leave it after the Mazon, and then I do all of them after the Mazon. Meaning, according to Rabbi Meir, Mazon is either before Bissamim or after Bissamim. That's the Machlokas Bisham and Bizil. But clearly, it's not first. Clearly, you're not benching first. And this Tosefta that was quoted, everybody says you're benching first, then you did the Hagafen, then you did the Mar, and then, then you have the Bissamim, and, and then you have Avdal. So clearly we're not going according to Rabbi Meir's presentation. Clearly we must be going according to Rabbi Yudah's presentation. Rabbi Yudah's presentation is that everybody agrees benching is first and Abdullah is last. Home Achlokes is only about the order of the candle and the Bissamim. Yeah. No, this is where the Malab Malka. So, so the question, so now we're going back to so the Tosafto. So we have the only way to understand the order of this price. So is to say we're going, going to Rabbi Yudah's presentation. According to Rabbi Yudah's presentation, the Berkaz Hamazon is first and the Abdullah is last. That's a given. The whole dispute is if it's the Bissamim or the Aish, which one comes first? And if the Brisa said that it's the H that's first, and the Brisa is according to Beishamai. And nonetheless, it had Habari Priyagavan coming before the Havdalah. So I know this is a lot of informa- information to digest. Let me just maybe try to simplify what, what we're trying to digest here. 
There are two issues in general uh, that, that we're trying to look at together. We had an issue about Kiddush. When you make Kiddush, you have two brachas, the bracha of the Kiddush and the bracha of the Agafen. Machlokas Bisham Yisrael, which one comes first, the bracha of the Kiddush or the bracha of the Agafen? The Gemara is assuming at this point that the same machlokas by Kiddush should be relevant to Avdallah. So Bisham should say by Avdallah, you do Avdallah and not Agafen. That's the Gemara's premise. Now, the Gemara is trying to challenge that premise from this Tosefta. In order to understand what's going on, we have to understand that there's machlokas between Misham and Misil about the correct sequence of Havdalah. However, what is that machlokas between and Misil is a dispute between Rameir and Rabbi Yehuda what the machlokas between and Misil is. So it's a dispute about what the dispute is. We have one presentation of the dispute, which is from Rabbi Meir, which was in our, uh, our Mishnah yesterday. According to Rabbi Meir, according to Rabbi Meir it's a, the question is, where is the Havdalah, where is the Birkas Hamazam done? Everybody agrees it's the candle First, and the question just is, where is the Berkas HaMazon? Is it before the B'Samim is it, or after the B'Samim? That's the dispute, according to Rabbi Meir. According to Rabbi Yudah, that's not true. Everybody agrees Berkas HaMazon goes first, and the Havdalah goes last. The question is just, what's the correct order of where the Ma'ar and the B'Samim is? Beishamai says it's the Ma'ar and then the B'Samim. Beishol says it's the B'Samim and then the Ma'ar. That's Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda's presentation. So again, according to Rabbi Meir, the Machlokas is about where to place Berkas HaMazon. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the Machlokas is what the sequence is between the Ma'ar and the B'Samim. Okay. Now, if we have a Tosefta that says you do Birkas HaMazon first, Hagafen, Ma'ar, B'Sam, Habdal. That's the sequence that the Tosefta says. There's only one person that that makes sense according. According to Rabbi Yehuda's presentation, that would be Beishama. Okay? Because according to Rameir, it doesn't make sense because why do you get Birkas HaMazon first? Nobody said you did Birkas HaMazon first. The only way to go is according to Rabbi Yehuda that for sure Birkas HaMazon is first. And then within that, if it said Ma'ar before B'Samim, that's only according to B'Shamim. According to B'Shamim, it's B'Shamim before Ma'ar. So the only person who can author this Tosefta is one person, one person only. B'Shamim's Rabbi Yehuda or Rabbi Yehuda's presentation of B'Shamim's opinion. And now the, the big question comes that in this opinion, we still say that the Hagafen is before the Havdalah. So if the Hagafen is before the Havdalah, that contradicts Beishamai's opinion about Kiddush. By Kiddush, Beishamai says that you do the Hagaf after the Brachal of Kiddush Ayom. By Havdalah, he clearly says you do it first. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara just concludes, So we have a question. So the Gemara answers an amazing answer which we use different times in Allah. Gasabi Beishamai, Beishamai holds. Shiny iluye yoma me afuke yoma. There's a difference between the day coming in and the day coming out. There's a difference between Kiddush when the day is starting and Havdalah when the day of Shabbos is leaving. Iule yoma, when the day is starting, when you're making Kiddush. Tama demakdiman le adif. The more that you say you make it closer, the better it is. So better to say the bracha of Shabbos first because you're excited, you're passionate about the fact that it's Shabbos. So that's where Beishamai says it goes the bracha of Kiddush first, then the Hagafen second. Apuke yoma, letting go of the day when I'm making Avdallah, just the opposite. It would be better to delay it, to show a hesitation, that it doesn't look like it's a burden. So there by Avdallah, it's better, that it shouldn't look like it's a burden, it's better to make the Hagafen first. So it comes out that even Beishamai agrees that by Avdallah, even though you're only drinking the wine because it's Avdallah, you still make the, the Avdallah second, not first. And the reason is because you want to show the, like, the reluctance to let go of the Shabbos. So a whole machlokes with Shabbos is about the order of Hagafen and, and Kiddush. Leave it by Kiddush. Do not try to move that over to Avdallah. The Avdallah is a separate issue. If it's according to Rabbi Meir where the Berkos Hamazon is, if according to Rabbi Yudot's machlokes and the Sivkans Ma'ar and Besamim. But everybody agrees that the Hagafen is going to come first and the Havdalah will come last because we want to show they were reluctant to let go of Shabbos. Okay. So now the Gemara analyzes another point. In this uh, predicament in the, in the Tosefta, the problem was that a person only had one cup. 
He only had one cup of wine. So if he only had one cup of wine, he was going to use it for Avdallah right away, then he's not going to have a cup for Birkaz Amazon of Malav Amalk. So the Gemara asks, The premise of that problem is that when you bench, you need a cup of wine. So the Gemara says, Is that true? Is Beishamah's opinion that when you bench, you need a kos? It says in the Mishnah, this was one, another one of the disputes. Let's say they used to have, again, they used to have drinking sessions at the end of the meal. So let's say wine was brought to them at the end of the meal. And the only cup to have is that one. So if they're going to have the drinking session now, they're not going to have a cup for Birkaz HaMazim. So what do you do? You make a bari priyagafen. Obviously you drink, presumably. I mean, shouldn't say obviously, presumably you drink. And then you uh, say Birkaz HaMazim. When you say Birkaz HaMazim, you're saying bari priyagafen now. You're drinking the cup. Right? Because how could I say bari priyagafen and not drink? And then when it comes time to Birkaz HaMazim, where's my cup of wine? And it's his stomach. It's gone. So what's he going to say when he has Birkaz HaMazim? Not a cup. So that's exactly what Bishama is saying in the Mishnah. We don't care that much that he has a cup for Birkaz HaMazim. So you don't have to change your plans of having a drinking session at the end of the meal just because if you do, you're going to lose the cup. That's exactly Bishama's point. Make a cup and have your drinking session and you'll lose your cup. So you won't have a cup for Birkaz HaMazim. It's not a big deal. So what do I see? I see that you don't need a coast for Birkaz HaMazim. So it's a kasha because we just came out in the Tosheft, this whole problem with the guy not having Avdallah, when making Avdallah and not having only one cup of wine. One, he's going to lose the cup of Birkaz HaMazim from Alava Malka. Why is that a big deal? So the Gemara answers, Lo, the Mavarach Really, you need a cup of Birkaz HaMazim. When Meishamai was said in the Mishnah, the drinking session, you're going to make a bracha, you're going to make a bracha and leave it. You're not going to, you're not going to drink it. You're going to leave it for Birkaz HaMazim. You can just make the Hagafen now. So the Gemara says, come on. If I make a Hagafen, I have to drink. I can't make a Hagafen, not drink, and then do Birkaz HaMazim and drink it after Birkaz HaMazim. So the says, you know what, you're right. You taste it. Meaning the Mar is saying, you just drink a little bit. You don't drink much. Make a Hagafen, you have a sip. And then you still have a, a, a lot of wine left from the cup. You use it, that the leftover wine, for uh, Berkas HaMazim. So the Gemara says, We have a halacha, that if a person takes a, a little bit of a drink from a kosho bracha, from the Kiddush, so now the halacha is that they're poking the rest of the wine. They mess up the rest of the wine. It can't be used for, 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 for kosho bracha. So if a person takes this thing and he's going to drink a little bit straight from the cup, then if he, whatever is left in the cup cannot be used for Kiddush. It has to be a fresh, a fresh, a fresh cup of wine for the Kiddush. You can't just use the remainders of what's left in the cup for, for Kiddush. For, for, for Birkas HaMazim, for any kosho bracha, you're not allowed to do such a thing. So kosho bracha requires a fresh usage of wine. So how could it be that he's making bari piragafen and just taking a sip and using the remainders for Birkas HaMazim? The, the kosho bracha becomes pagum once you drink a little bit from it. So the Gemara says, the Tom Lebiade, instead of drinking directly from the cup to be pogging it, you pour it in your hands. Now, the, the equivalent, you know, in modern times, you just pour it into a little bit of another cup. It's not that if some of the wine that was in the cup is drunk, then the rest of the wine is messed up. If you drink from the cup itself, from the wine in the cup, you take it and you take a sip from the cup, then whatever's remaining can't be used for kosher bracha. Okay. But Rishamah agrees, you shouldn't do that. He's saying you have your drinking session, you make a paper guff and what's in the cup, you pour off a little bit into another cup and drink it, and then the remainder of the wine can be used for Birkaz HaMazam. So the Kafar says, You only had a little bit of wine. So the Kafar is presuming now he had exactly the right amount. He only had a revius. So if he's going to make a bari guffin and take a sip, what's going to happen? Let it be that the wine won't become pagum. Let it be that there's going to be leftover wine. But the shear is only going to be less than a revius. If the shear is only going to be a revius, he doesn't have enough of an amount to make a kosher brach on the bari kasamazam. Says the more, no, there was a little bit more than a revius left. There was a revius in a bit. 
So he drank a little, he, 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 made, a, he made a hagafen, he drinks a little bit, there's still a revius, that's not for Berkas Hamazon. Says the Gemara, so it says that if there was only one cup, what does it mean if there was only one cup? It must mean there was only a revius, there's only enough to make one cup. So you're saying that there has to be more than the revia. So he would make a barbara golf and he drinks some, there was still a cup left. So obviously there's more than a cup. But the, the, clearly it's not like that because the Mishnah said that, uh, that if there was only one cup, that you only have a revia. So the Mark explains like this. It wasn't the amount of two, but it was more than the amount of one. It was like one and a half. When it said that there was only one cup, it meant there wasn't enough for two, but there was more than one. There was one and a half. So he makes a barbara golf and at the drinking session, he has the half. And then there's a revius that left, and he uses that revius for Berkas Amazon. So the Gemara is fighting, fighting back here. Of course, Beishama agrees, Berkas Amazon to Unakos. When you bench, you need a coast as reflected in the predicament in the Tosefta when the guy with Malava Malka with only one cup of wine needs to make Abdallah. Fine. The case in the mission where Bishama allows the drinking session, even though you only had one cup, and then you'll do Birkaz Amazon, there was about a revius and a half. So he had a little bit, he was makbun not to drink from the coast itself, fine, bachule, bachule. And then he used the remainder of the revius for Birkaz, um, Birkaz Amazon um, afterwards. So the Gemara still persists. Fatani Rebchia, Rebchia brings a bright saw. Bishamim Mavarak Layain, Visho Seyu, Vaafrak Mavarak Birkaz Amazon. But Rebchia quoted the bright about this guy. Should he do the drinking session at the end of the meal? He only has one cup. In Rebchia's bright it says, Bishamim says, You make a bracha on the wine and you drink the wine. That language clearly implies you're downing the whole cup. It says, You make a bracha on the wine and you drink it. In the Mishnah, we were saying, you just said you made a bracha. So we forced it, and you just taste a little bit that wasn't in the cup, v'chule, v'chule. But Rebchia's b'risa says pretty explicit, you make a bracha on the wine, and you drink it. So that clearly means the wine is gone. So it's still, and, and what's the point? Beishamah is saying, you don't need the codes for Berkaz HaMas, and that's what Beishamah is saying. So now our question really comes back. If we see in the Mishnah that Beishamah tells you do not need a cup of wine for benching, then how could he have this whole problem in the Tosefta with the predicament with Balav Malka and only one cup of wine for Abdullah? So the Gemara says, Ela, we're first to say that it's indeed in contradiction. There are two different Tanoam who are arguing about what Beishamah's opinion is. One Tanoam holds, Beishamah holds, you need a cup of wine. That's the case of the Tosefta, that, that, that author. Tanoam in our Mishnah, who was saying that uh, when you only have one cup of wine at the end, you could you have it for the drinking session. You don't have to say it, save it for Abdullah. He holds, he holds that Beishamah's opinion is that Perkos Amazon does not require a kos. Okay, moving on. The next dispute in the Mishnah we're going to analyze is Tan uh, Rabbanan. The bride was just elaborated in the bride, which was read from the bride. So it was in the Mishnah as well. Tan Rabbanan, Bishamay Omer. Again, you're going to have drinks pre dinner. Okay, now we're back pre dinner drinks. And you haven't yet washed Natilas Yadayim. So Bishamay says, Notlin Yadayim. First, you should wash Natilas Yadayim before you have your drinks. Then you go and you, you know, dilute the wine, mix the drinks, and then you, uh, you drink the drinks. And what happens? Now your hands have already been cleaned. You don't have to wash them again for Natila Sadaim. So the order is you wash your hands, you mix and you have some drinks, and then you go straight to breaking the bread. Shim Ata Omer. Now we learn the reason. If we would say to dilute the wine with unclean hands, with hands that have not been washed, we're concerned that there might be some liquid that is on the outside of the cup. And maybe what's going to happen is that the mashkim will become tummy because of his hands. If his hands haven't been washed, then his hands might be give tumah to the liquid. The and then the liquid will go in turn be metame the kos. And what's the problem if it's metame the kos? Evidently, Bishami holds that a person is not supposed to um, 
is not supposed to use a cup that is not to use a cup of wine when the when the cup is tame on the outside. So maybe it's a little bit of introduction here is, it will, will, will be helpful. Uh, the, normally the halacha is whenever you're talking about tuma, tuma goes up and tuma goes down. So if, so if something is a rishon and it touches something else, that's a sheni. Usually by chulin, that's all you get. You don't get any further than a sheni. In regard to the laws of truma, uh, there's an extra category called the shlishi. If a sheni, that was time I touches a, a truma food, it could become a shlishi and also become invalidated, disqualified from eating. Okay, that's usually, that's usually the concept, uh, concept of tuma. Usually the law, another thing to know is that a person or a kli can only be makabal tuma from an av. So a person can become a rishon if he comes tamay from an av. A kli can become rishon if he becomes touched from an av. But something that's only a rishon, usually the halacha is, is not matame a person. And a rishon also is not usually matame a kli. Those are the general rules. However, there's a fascinating rule. The rabbis said that liquids, two, two fascinating rules. Rabbi said that liquids, whenever they're touched by anything, even a sheni, they automatically become a risha. The reason why they did that from Masechah's Nida, we learned that there's a couple types of liquids which are avatimas themselves, such as the secretions from the zav, the mitzvah, the nida. And therefore, the rabbi said, any liquids are very susceptible to tumah. And the greater susceptibility means that when they're touched by something tamah, even if it's only a sheni, they automatically jump to risha. That's A. B is that they said another fascinating halacha. The liquids, tamay liquids that are region have the capacity in a limited way to be metamay kalim. It's a fascinating thing. But they say in a limited way, it could be metamay it could be metame a kli, and it's metamay the kli on a drabana level, the outside of the kli becomes tamay. The outside of the kli can become tamay. So what we're saying here is that that's what we're concerned. We're concerned that if you're, the person's hands haven't been washed, so the person's hands are a shani, because tam yadayim shniyo, same midrabana, always hands. Again, that's another drabana. Usually we don't split the body from the hands, but midrabana, we always said that hands are treated like tamay. Like, like a shneos, and you're, that's why you're not allowed to eat without washing your hands first, because we're concerned for people who eat truma. People who eat truma, their hands are going to be a shani, and when they go to eat the bread, they're going to be matami the truma. Remember, by truma, it could become a shlishi. That's why you're supposed to do natila sudan. So, Veshama is saying the, the following halacha. You should actually wash your hands before you mix the wine to dilute it and drink it. Why is that? Because if not, there might be some mashkim that are on the back of the cup. The mashkim will become tame from your um, impure hands. Your, 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 your impure shani hands will do what to the mashkim? You'll make them into a rishon. The mashkim will now touch the exterior of the cup. The exterior of the cup will become tame because of that dindravanan. And now you're going to be using a tame, uh, a tame cup to drink the wine, which is not acceptable as we will uh, learn it now. So first the Gemara asks, why do we have all these things? Why do you have to say it's going to touch the liquid? Why don't you just say the problem is your hands are tame and your hands are going to make the cup tame? So the Gemara says, because that's not true. Your daim are only a shini. Unless you're using liquids, a shini will never make a shlishi. It's never going to work. The only way it works is it goes through liquid. Liquid becomes a rishon and then the tame liquid rishon could be metameically. So the only concern is that there might be some liquid on the outside of the cup. Basil says no. What you do is first you have your drinks, you you drink, you dilute your wine. Then when you're up to washing, for, then when you're up to breaking bread, then you go to wash. That was what Basil's opinion was. Why? Why wasn't he say? Why did he say that? If we say wash your hands first, just the opposite. We're concerned that when you go to wash your hands, like if you do like Beishama, your hands might still not be dried properly. If your hands might not be dried totally properly, you might come back to the cup. We're scared that the cup may have already been tame. And if the cup was already tame, then it's some of the, the liquid, the residue liquid that's on your that's on your hands will touch the cup. The tame cup will make the liquid into a rishon. The rishon, the, 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 the rishon liquid now will be matame your hands. Now you think, oh, I already washed my hands. I don't have to go wash my hands again when you break bread. And really your hands are a shiny. 
So Basil says just the opposite. It's very important not to wash your hands before you're going to go drink the wine. Because again, if you, drink, if you go wash your hands, you might have residue liquid on your hands. It might touch the cup. The cup may have already been tame. The, the, the liquid will become a restroom and make your hands back into a shaney. And now you're stuck. You're back to square one. You're going to be eating bread with your dime schneeps. So he says just the opposite. Drink with tame hands. Don't worry about the drinking. When you need to go to eat bread, then you go wash your hands. So if the Mara clarifies, why did I have to say dafka because of the liquid? If Basil is concerned that the cup may have been tummy, so why don't we just say straight that, that if you wash your hands first, the cup is a, I mean, the cup may be tummy, maybe even tummy your hands. Why do we have to say there might be liquid that's left in your hands? So like Mara says the same thing. Inkling matame adam, because a kli that might be tummy is not going to make a person tummy. A person is only makabotoma from an avatoma. So there's no, the only way we can be concerned is that maybe there would be some liquid left. The liquid might be triggered into a rishon, and we have that special halakwa that the rishon that our liquids can make hands into a shani. So the Gemara says, says another problem. If you're concerned that the kli was a really a tame kli, then why are you concerned that if it's a tame kli, it's going to be matame the, the, the liquids that's inside of it? And if you, uh, there's a halacha that if a person drinks tummy things, it's one of the yudchas zeros, they become tummy. So if you're concerned for a way that the person's, it, the effect of an entilus will wear off, you don't have to say because there will be residue liquid on your hand and the cup will be metame, the liquid will be metame in your hand. Why don't you just say that the cup is tummy, you know, it's the, the, the wine in the cup. And when you drink the cup, you're drinking tummy liquids, which makes you tummy. So the Gemara says, We're dealing with only, we're concerned that the cup wasn't a real tumma. The cup became tummy with a zah, it was touched by a tummy liquid, right? that type of Durabana Dika tumma, where the din is the Tochotar Vigabo Tame. Since it's only with Durabana that, that Mashkim that are a Rishon are Matame a cup, the Rabbanan said only the exterior is tummy, but the interior of the cup remains tar. And if a if a if a became tummy from tummy liquids that were reshown, it only puts the tumma, it only leaves the impression of tumma on the outside, but the inside, the lip, the, the rim, and his hands and everything would be tar because since it's only midrabana, they made a hecker to show everybody that it's only midrabana. On a derisa level, if something touches a tumma on the outside, everything spreads. The whole cup is tummy. But midrabana, when tummy liquids that are reshown touch a cup, only the exterior is tummy, but the inside remains tar. So that was the case. We're concerned that the cup had that type of tumma. So so the, the liquids inside, we're not concerned their tummy because the interior of the cup is tar. But we're concerned that a person washes their hands, he has residue of liquid on the outside of his hands, he comes and he touches the outside of the cup, the outside of the cup is metame, the mashkin, the mashkin become a rishon, and then the mashkin that are a rishon will be metame um, his hands, and he loses the effect of Natila Sudai. the reason why you wash multiple times Oh, so one second. Very good. Good question. So one second. Just give me one second. As nitma tocho nitma kulo. Whereas if the interior becomes tummy, then all of it becomes tummy. Fine. So just give me one second. We'll get to you. So now we get to finally understanding what's the whole root of the machlokas. In general, are you allowed to use a cop for those who back in the day when they had tumatara, are you allowed to use a cup that uh, that 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 has a tumma on the outside that made <coughs> through became you know tummy through a tummy liquid? Are you allowed to use such a cup in general? Beishami says you're not. Because we're always scared that there might be some droplets of liquids on the outside, which always might be being with tummy your hands then. So Bashama in general says you can't use tummy cups. So therefore, he's never concerned, like like Basil is saying, that if you wash your hands first, then the cup might be tummy and there might be liquids on the outside that are going to get to your hand. Because Bashama is a general law. You're not allowed to use tummy cups. You're not allowed to use a cup whose outside is tummy in general. So for sure, the cup here is tar. The problem is the opposite. Are you going to be bringing in tumma through the liquid that's my touch to the cup? That's the concern. That's what Beishamah holds. Beishamah holds, you can't do that. You can't use tummy cups. So Beishamah is saying that's why you wash your hands 
first. Whereas Basil Savi Motulashab Shiklishin Mamakar Fimashkin. I mean in Totsu Sloshkiak, you're allowed to use a cup when you're drinking whose exterior became tummy through 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 a tummy liquid, because we're not concerned in general for droplets. We still hold you could use a, a, a tummy cup. So we're concerned here that the cup you might be using might be tummy on the outside. So we're scared that if you're washing your hands first, then you might lose the effect of Atila Sadaim. If there's residue liquid that's going to be on your hand and you might come, then the tame exterior might tame those that residue of liquid, which might be me tame your hand. So really the machlokas boils down to one simple point. As a person in general allowed to drink wine it's inside a cup, the inside is dark, but the outside of the cup was tame, that had become tame through mashkim um, to me. That's the machlokas. Beishamah says you're not allowed to use such a cup. So Beishamah is saying, so you better wash your hands here. The cup is dark, we're not concerned about any residue of water that's on your hands, but we're concerned about the fact that um, if you don't wash your hands, there might be some residue liquid from the wine, which is going to end up making the cup tame. That's Beishamah's concern. So Beishamah says, go wash your hands first. Basil is saying, no, there's no problem in using a tame cup. We're, so we're concerned that the cup was tame from before. We're Telling you, you better you better wash your hands second because if you wash your hands first, what's going to happen? The cup that was tummy might have some droplets on the outside that might be left from until sadayim. The cup will be tummy the droplets which might be tummy in your hands. So bottom line is that it comes out according to Basilo. The concern that we have is that when a person washes their hands, that there were still some residue of droplets left after Natila Sadaim. So there's a very, 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 very simple question here. If that's true, Frechtaisvis, then Natila Sadaim should ever work. Should never work. If we're concerned the guy didn't do Natila Sadaim correctly, didn't get off all the tummy liquid and, he, and all, all the liquid from it. So he still has liquid that he's coming back. So then how do we ever eat? What happens? You wash your hands. Very nice. Good. But if you still so draw some, some droplets that are left, then maybe you might go and it might, uh, every time you eat, you might have a problem. Because you might touch any kalim at our tummy or whatnot, you might have a problem. You might not find a dime. So how can you eat any of the bread? So Taisa says as follows. There's another halacha. Before you eat bread, and Martin Sota says, your hands have to be very dry. It's not good that your hands are dry. That halacha is because of a hashivas of bread. And that gen people were nizer. But when they had drinks before the meal, they weren't that makhvah to make sure that their hands were totally dry. So when a person generally goes to wash and eats bread, so we're not concerned. But when a person is having drinks, we're concerned that there might be some droplets left. The cup may have been tummy. The tummy cup may have been tummy, the, the liquids. And then the, 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 the liquids will be with tummy in your hands. So we're concerned there's a residue of liquid which might become tummy from the tummy cup because again, as Basil holds, we have to be concerned the cup is tummy. What does Beishamah hold? Beishamah holds for sure the cup's not tummy. You're never allowed to use a cup that has a tummy exterior. So the cup here is for sure tar. The concern is the opposite. You're coming in with tummy hands. Some of the wine might drop on the outside. Your hands will be with tummy. The wine, the wine will be with tummy. The cup, and you're being over on the issue of drinking with a tummy cup. That's Beishamah doesn't let you do. So Beishamah says, go wash your hands first. Then the Gemara adds one other thing. You know what? Basil has a preference for washing your hands second. There's another thing. You're washing your hands, having drinks, and then breaking bread. There's a separation. There's a hefsik between the washing of Natila Sadaim and the meal. Basil says, better always to have Natila Sadaim right before you break bread. That's the Takan of Chazal, to wash right before you have, uh, you have the bread. So do it immediately. Why do we need a second reason? Even according to you, that you're concerned about this issue of that, that the tummy has might be timing the cup. You should still agree to us because the bigger issue here is that your natilas is not rex your suda. That's a bigger issue than the issue of your hands theoretically being matami the cup, even according to you that you can't use a tummy cup to drink. So Basil is saying this second reason is really gonna win. Always technically sadaim, you have to take the suda's natil sadaim, it's gotta come immediately. So you cannot have natil sadaim, have your drinks, then have another then then and then go right into the suda. We're showing a mask on this, it's a very simple Simple solution. Why you wash twice? 
If that's your second concern, I mean, you could just wash again. But evidently, that was for sure. We're only going to make you wash once. We're not going to rub on We're going to be go through wash twice. Only question is before or after. So he's still saying, even like you, there's an issue theoretically that the Tommy Hats might be Matame the cup. Still, that we should, we should prioritize washing until it's a dayim as close to the suda. Okay, the next machlokas was where you put the napkin that you washed your hands. Where do you keep the napkin? You wipe your hands on the napkin. You should keep it during the meal. You're going to use the napkin again. You don't throw it away in the garbage. You use it periodically for the meal to wipe your hands. You keep it on the table. Why? If you're going to put it on the chair where you're sitting on, where people sit all the time. I mean, there's no din you can't eat on a tummy kasses. And the reason there's no such halakha is because you're not going to become tummy from the kasses if it's only a regional regime. Let's say the kasses is a regional regime. You're a person, you sit down, you don't become tummy from the kasses. But if you put a wet napkin down, so the kasses is going to be matame, the moisture that's in the napkin. The moisture is going to become a regional. Now, now what's going to happen? So now the, they might be matame. Your hands, you might, you know, put your hands on the, somewhere on the cushion and your hands might become a shady. <coughs> so you lost the effect of it. You dime. If you ask your time, you say a dime. So Shami therefore says, you have to be very careful. Don't put a moist napkin on your chair. Put it better to put it on the table. So the Gemara says, Vinitame kases lamapa. But even without the liquids, why don't we just say it automatically custom with time of the mapa? So the Mar says in Klee Matame Klee. The reason we have to mention the liquids is because without that, the, the, a Klee won't be Matame and other Klee. That's just not the way it works. A Klee can only be Kabbalah from an Av. That's why we have to mention that the fact that it might be moist, the moisture might become Tame. Says the Gemara, Matame Kesses Lagavra. Why do we have to go through the napkin and the moisture? Why don't we just say that the cushion is Matame, the person sitting on it? Says the Gemara, Lagavra Gufe for the person himself. Says the Gemara, in Klee Matame Autumn, because a person not Makabal Tumma from a, from, from a Rishon or a Jain, it's only Makabal Tumma from an Abba Tumma. So the only concern here, though, is, is that the moist napkin might be on the chair. The chair that's a Rishon or a Jain might be Matame, the liquid in the napkin, which you might put your hands on, uh, and now you'll have a, you're going to have a, a, a Tumma that descends on your hands. You'll lose the effect of Natila Sedayim. For you continue eating the meal. What is Basil hold Basil or Malakasis? No, better to put it on the chair. Shimat or Mala Shulchan, if you're gonna put it on the table, maybe the shulchan was a tame. Was was a tam, was tame like a shani? Maybe the shulchan, you're using a table that's a shani. Basil holds that's a valid concern. So you put the napkin on, the moisture in the napkin becomes a reshone from the tame, from the from the tame table. And then some of the food that's there might become tame. So we don't want you to do that. I mean, theoretically, thinking about this, just think about it like a trimmer scenario, that might be a disaster. So therefore, we don't want you to keep the napkin on the table. Says the Gemara, why did you have to go say, explain that it goes through the liquid in the napkin? Why don't you just say that the table will directly be matame the foods on it? And that's a really good question because foods don't have to go through an avatama. Food can be makabotama from a vlad. So the Gemara says, We're only concerned that the table was a shani. The only way to get, make a shani can make another food tame by chulin is through liquids. So, 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 so that's why we said that we're only concerned with the moisture in the napkin. But my what's the root of this machloka? So there's two issues. There's an issue if I put it on the table that the, that, that the liquids will come tummy from the table and then it will in turn be matame ochlim. That's what Basil is worried about. Basil is worried about if I put it on the chair that uh, the chair may have been tame, it may be matame the, 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 the liquids in the, in the napkin which your hands might touch and then they'll make your hands tummy. So there's a good concern both ways. So what's the root of the machlokas now? But my kamefugi, in general, you're never allowed to eat at a table that's a shani. Because why? For the people who eat truma, whereby truma, there is a category of shlishi, the food would automatically become tummy if it was sitting on a shani table. So Beishami says, now chazal made a rule, you're never allowed to eat on a shani table. So there's no concern that the, the 
the table was a shani and it's going to be matami the mashma, mashma matami the foods, yeah, of course the table is not a shani. The only concern is that the kasses is tummy, that the cushion is tummy, because the rabbis never legislated that you can't eat on a, on a tummy kasses, because if you think about it, why would the food ever touch the kasses? The food touches the table, not the cushion. So a cushion, you're allowed to sit on a tummy cushion when you're eating truma, for example. So the only concern is, is that if I have a, a moist napkin that I put on the kasses, it might be makabal, the moisture might be makabal tumma from the kasses, then you go wipe your hands, it's going to be matami your hands. That's why Bishami says, do not put it on the cushion, put it on the tar table. That's Bishami's opinion. But because Ochli Truma's reason name, don't worry about Ochli Truma. They're very, very careful. So the Chazal never legislated don't eat on a Shani table. There's no such law. So Basil is concerned for the opposite, that the table is Tame. So if the table is Tame, and then it, 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 the, the liquids that are in the napkin, it might be Tame the food. Tavar Acher, Basil says like this, what are you concerned for? If you put it on the cushion, your hands might become tame. If I put it on the table, through the liquids, other foods will become tame. The foods becoming tame is a better concern than hands becoming tame. Why? Because midaraisa, there's no concept of hands becoming tame. But midaraisa, there's a concept of food becoming tame. Midaraisa, there's no such thing as cutting off the hands from the rest of your body. And if your hands touch something, a rishon, that your hands become a shini. That's all the Rabbanan world. Whereas the concept of, 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 of food that's a, that touched a rishon becoming a shini is a daraisa concept. So if I had to be concerned about one or the other, better to be concerned that food might become tummy by, 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 than, than, than the hands becoming tummy. So that's why better to put the better to put the napkin on the better to put the napkin on the according to Basil, I lost the cheshman. According to Basil, do not put it on the Right, right, very good. So then it will only be matami my hands, which is at least the concept of Zolder Abonon, and to put it on the table, which will be matami Oakham, <coughs> which is from the Torah. So the Mar says, my Dabar Acher, why did they need that? So why did they need that second point? Maybe we got to the point that both are chashashas. Remember, in Beishamai, the reason we said put it on the, put it on the chair, not the table, because there's no concern on the table, because the table has to be tar. So the only concern is the hand, so we say put it on the table, not on the chair. But according to Beisil, both ways have a concern. According to Beisil, the table might be tame, and then the food might become tame, or, you, or, or the chair might, might, might be tame, and the hands might become tame. So it's a toss-up. There are concerns both ways. So if there are concerns both ways, why are we prioritizing to put it dafka on the on, 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 on the chair over the table? It's better to put it on the chair. Since there's no concept of just hands becoming tamay from the Torah, better for hands to become tamay, which have no premise at all from the Torah. There's no concept of just hands become tamay from the Torah than to put it on the table where the food will become tamay if there's a concept of food becoming tamay. So to summarize, there's definitely an issue According to Basil, whatever I do, there's an issue. If I put it on the chair, there's an issue. The chair was tame, then the liquids become tame, and the hands that touch the chair might, be, might become tame. You lose the effect of the tilsa. If I put it on the table, it's also a concern because according to Basil, you can use a tame table. So the liquid in the macro might become tame, and then it will be matame ochlem. They're both, they're both concerns. Says Basil, prioritize, the, prioritize keeping the food tar than keeping your hands tar because food becoming tar has a basis from the Torah. Hand staying tar has no basis from the Torah. Basham, I hold no. There is only one concern here. The only concern is your hands becoming tame. There is no concern for the food becoming tummy. According to Bishama, the rabbis legislated you can never eat on a table that is a shani. So the only concern is that the cushion is tummy and then your hands that touch the cushion might become a shani. There is no concern for the food at all. That's why Bishama says keep the cushion on the table, not on the chair. But Bishama was concerned for both, so he prioritized the opposite to keep it on the chair, not the table, because hands have no basis from the Torah. Why is Bishama's concern about the table only related to Shema? If he has a chashash from Itzosos, then shouldn't you have... 
then make everything else susceptible? Right, that's a good point. You're saying, why does he have to go for the, for the Ochlim? He could say a cup as well. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I hear him. I hear him. Says the Gemara, Bishamay, I'm in Bishamay said, what do you do first? Do you sweep the floor or am I machronim? So Tanar Rabbanim, Bishamay, I'm in machronim. First you sweep the cr- up for the crumbs and then you wash, am I machronim? Why? Shemat, Omer, Notli, and Daimachile. If you're going to wash am I machronim first, Nimsat, Mosad, Ochlin. Where's the water going to go? You pour am I machronim onto the floor and then it's going to hit the bread. So it's Hefzad Ochlin. It's like Baltash because you're wasting the food. It's gross. You're not allowed to do that. So that line is taken out by the Bach. doesn't seem to make sense. So according to Beishamai, the concern is you better sweep the floor first, get away the bread that might be left so that when you wash my macronim, you don't pour the water over the bread and ruin it. As long as your waiter is a learned person, he'll make sure to take away any large pieces first. And then the only piece of bread you have to be concerned about will be less is little crumbs. Little crumbs, they don't have a problem if you pour water on them. It's fine. So the, the only thing we have to be concerned about, you're not supposed to leave crumbs that people step on. So you could pour water on less than a kazai, but you shouldn't leave it for people to step on. So you sweep it, fine. But you could wash a teal as a dime first, because the only concern is that there's pieces that are less than a kazai, no pieces that are more than a kazai are on the floor. The shamish for sure did his job well, he's a learned person. And then for the pieces that are less than a kazai, that you only have to concern for people to step on, you'll sweep them away afterwards. According to Rabbi Yochanan, as long as the pieces are not a kazai, you're allowed to like pour, destroy them with your hand, meaning like to pour water over them or something like that. The only thing you shouldn't do, it shouldn't be disrespectful to step on that. So according to Basila, we have no concern that there's a piece of kazais that are on the bread, to you, so you're, on, that are on the floor right now. So you can wash the teal, so you am I macronim first. Ah, you should make sure there's no crumb that people will step on, so then you'll sweep it. Right, so according to Basila, we're concerned that there are pieces that are kazais on the floor right now, so you have to be careful to sweep first before you wash my macronim. But Michael, what's the root of the question? Very simple point. also it's forbidden to have a waiter who's an unlearned person. You can't use a waiter who's an Amaretz. So according to Basil, there's no concern that there are pieces of Kazayas on the floor. You're allowed to use an unlearned waiter. Who, you don't have to be mocked who your waiter is. So according to Beishamai, the waiter might be an Amaretz. If the waiter's an Amaretz, the, the pieces on the floor might be a Kazayas. Then you have to be mocked not to do my Machronim before you sweep. According to Basil, there's no concern. The learned waiter would sure have taken care of that problem. Ah, the pieces are less than a Kazayas. You'll sweep them later. And all the machlokim in, in our Mishnah, Allah Chibesil, Allah is always a Besil. Except for this one. And this one, Allah Chibeshamai. Meaning here, you're allowed to use an unlearned waiter. And because you're allowed to use an unlearned waiter, you have to be makbid to sweep before you do my makronim so you don't pour the water on pieces that are more than a kazayas. Rabbi switched what Beshamai and Besil held to make the Allah like Besil. Meaning, of course, the Allah is you sweep and then you wash. But he made that that was Basil's opinion, and Beshamai was the one saying that, 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 that you uh, that you wash and then you sweep, and then it could be Allah Basil. But the bottom line is, everybody agrees that you have to sweep and then wash because we are concerned that there are pieces of morning eyes because you do not have to use a learned shamash. Now we learn about the, the order of Naramazon. So now the Gemara talks about some more details of Abdullah. He made Brahman Basamim first. Basamim. Then the uh, then the ma'ar. So I'm going to be shamay sell ma'ar lo pligi. I thought there's no machlokus. Everybody agrees that the bracha the age comes before besamim. Titania be shamay omrim ner mazon besamim havdala. Be sell omrim ner besamim mazon havdala. So we clearly we see everybody agrees 
that, that, that there's no question about where the Ma'ar is. There's only the Machlokas about where, where, where the Birkas Amazon is. So who, who in the world holds that you do Besamim before Ma'ar? So on Rav Basrei, you different Rameir. That's only Rameir's interpretation of Machlok Bisham. So that's what we were talking about in the beginning of the Daf. Rabbi says, no, Bisham and Yisrael don't argue about where the Birkas Amazon is. They agree the Birkas Amazon is first and Abdullah is left. What is the Machlokas? And the Machlokas is about the order of the Aisha and the Bisamim. Bisham and Yisrael are about the it's my Aisha and then Bisamim. So we were following Rabbi Yehuda's interpretation of the Machlokas, which means that Basilo holds Bisamim come first. What's our practice? That's the halacha. We follow Rabbi Yehuda's interpretation and we pass him like Basilo, and that's why we do Bisamim before Aish. According to every other thing, nobody holds that way. According to Rabbi Meir, everybody agrees that it's Aish before Bisamim. According to Rabbi Yehuda, that's the Machlokas, and we pass him like Basilo, so it's Bisamim before Aish. Machlokas was if you say bara mareish or bari mareish as the Gemara Amar Rava Bar Kuli Amlo Pligi to bara mashma bara is the past so that's good you should be saying Hashem created in the past kipligi bari they argue about the word bari bishama yisavi bari to also you're not allowed to say also never what Hashem will create in the future so you're not allowed to say that because you have to say that Hashem created fire in the past beisil savi bari nami to bara mashma the word bari also implies the past Masiv Rav Yosef clearly the pasuk says like that yotzer ar uvori choshech when did Hashem create choshech in the future he's going to do it no it's the past so you see bari means the past. Yotzer harem ubori ruach. Hashem created wind in the past. Bori shamay v'notayim. Hashem already created the heaven. So everybody agrees bori is merai the past. The psukim are clear like that. So what's the machlokas? Bori or bori? Everybody agrees that, that bori also means the past. So what's the question? Everybody agrees that bore is also mashma the past. That's not the question. The question is, do I say ma'or ha'esh or ma'ore ha'esh? Do I say Hashem created fire or different types of fires? There's only one form of fire. So it's bara ma'or ha'esh. It's in the singular. There's many different types. There are different. There's red, there's yellow, there's orange. There's a bunch of different colors in the one flame. So therefore, Basilo says you should say bore different forms of the fire. Beishamai holds there's one form of the fire. Basilo holds there's many forms. There are so many different types of fire that are inside the fire. That's why it should be Everybody agrees it's bore. The question is, is it or in the singular or in the plural for the different types of colors inside of the flame?